Hey friend, welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that you matter and that with God, even the messy parts of your story have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friend, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you who are new to living in the light, I just want to say welcome. It excites me to think about all the miracles that had to happen for you to end up listening to this episode today. I believe the Lord wants to speak to you specifically through Kelsey's story and through this message on the power of community in the body of Christ. Today on the podcast, I interview my friend and fellow performing artist, Kelsey Fowler. Kelsey and I met a couple of years back in the most spontaneous and beautiful way in which I can only give God the credit for. Kelsey and I had followed each other on social media. We noticed that we had quite a lot in common, and so we met up in New York City a few years back. And now we've become really close friends in the past year as she has been intimately a part of the beginnings and the growth of our Bible study community, Rise Collective Women. Kelsey is a core group leader in our Bible study series, and she's actually our creative content manager for Rise Collective Women Online. Her creative giftings blow me away, but even more so, her heart for the Lord and the joy of the Spirit that radiates from her and flows through everything she puts her hands to. She's my sister, my friend, my co-laborer, and one of the most encouraging women I know. So today, you'll get a taste of her encouragement as she shares with us her story and how community has changed her life. A little bit about Kelsey's life and career as an artist. Kelsey is an actress, a dancer, a singer, a photographer, and an advocate who began her acting career portraying the role of Lee Bouvier in the original Broadway production of Grey Gardens. Her other Broadway credits include Louise in Sunday in the Park with George, Jane Banks in Mary Poppins, and Young Bonnie in Bonnie and Clyde. Kelsey is a creative entrepreneur who is constantly working to create new opportunities for herself and for others. She earned a BFA in musical theater and a minor in Homeland Security from Pace University. Kelsey continues to work alongside her brother to be a passionate advocate for those with disabilities. I love that about her. And even wrote her senior thesis on the power and portrayal of disabilities in the entertainment industry. This woman is a force for the kingdom of God. So enjoy and be encouraged by my conversation with the wonderful Kelsey Fowler. Kelsey, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, friend. Thank you. So excited to be here. This is so exciting. <laughs> so fun. Um, well, I if I could back up in how we met and yeah. our story, um, I just love that the year I moved to New York City, our paths crossed in a church in the middle of the city. And I remember getting to worship with you in New uh-huh. York City and just dreaming yeah. about moving there. I'd come for my senior showcase and we had met virtually. This is kind of a, <laughs> a theme in my life, but we had met virtually on Instagram and Instagram. I just followed you and uh, you just radiate Jesus. And we're running after him and had a story in the performing arts. And um, yeah, I think I would love to hear a little more for the listener, a little more of your journey in the arts and how that all began. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I am yeah. so excited to be here and hopefully able to share some some things that point people to Jesus and inspire them to look heavenward. Yeah. Um, and hopefully part of my story is that. So I was attracted to theater when I was seven years old, basically. Mm. And I don't really remember it, to be honest. But the story is that I, my mom took me to see a community theater production of Oliver. Okay. And apparently 
like the whole show, I was trying to jump up on stage (laughs) and she thought maybe I should get her involved in this. And she did. And 10 community theater productions later at that, at that community theater, um, I like fell in love and I caught the bug and nothing was going to stop me. And my parents, I think maybe the next year, maybe two years later, bought me tickets to go see my very first Broadway show, just my my mom and I. And we went and saw Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes, you did. And I was in the audience and I was like, I don't understand why I'm doing this like on a small stage in New Jersey when I can do this on Broadway. Like, and that's where the dream began. And my parents quickly sort of humbled me and they're like, Kelsey, everybody in New York who is there is trying to do that same thing. And it's really hard and a crazy dream to have. And and I was like, well, I don't really care. I want to do it anyway. Yeah. And um, and so they they were <laughs> incredible. Mm. Once they realized that it was not a thing that was going to just kind of go away and die, they uh, yeah. they sort of made a deal with me. And they said, if you maintain your straight A's, and at this point I was I was about nine nine or ten years old, so fourth fifth grade somewhere. They're there. bargaining with you. I love it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, if you maintain your straight A's for this whole year we will invest in classes for you every day after school for like three hours. You'll go to, you'll go to acting class and dance class and um, singing lessons. And, mm-hmm. and they found a program that would take me. I wasn't even in the age range. I was a little young for that program, but I auditioned and they, they let me in graciously. And uh, so I did, I did that for, I would say, I don't know, maybe six months. And, um, and then my parents were like, okay, so if you do all of that, we will give you one summer in New York City to audition. And if you book something that summer, we will support you all the way. And if you don't, then you'll drop it until you turn 18 and can pursue it on your own. <laughs> and that that was the deal. So I, I did that for like six months. And my parents, uh, my mom, while my dad was working, brought me to the city to audition. And she would find like, this was back in the day when backstage was a magazine. And that's like, you would purchase backstage, you'd go and you'd highlight all the things that you a could magazine. go to audition for. I didn't even yeah. know that. Oh my gosh. It was like this magazine, like newspapery material, but like a magazine. Wow. Wow. Yep. Yep. And she would go and we would go to the Port Authority and she'd always pick up a new backstage every time we were in the city to see what was updated. And and uh, that, I think my very first audition was for Les Mis on Broadway, the like 2006 revival. Yeah. And I made it down to the finals for Eponine Cosette, young Eponine Cosette. Okay. And my parents were like, oh crap. <laughs> that was like their moment of like, this oh, is real. No, what did we, what did we get ourselves into? Um, but it, they dodged the bullet on that, that first audition because I didn't book it, but I, I made it pretty far. And then I think this is kind of a cool part of my story. Basically, I was at an audition for the national tour of Annie and there were hundreds, hundreds of girls there. And I had auditioned and then they were making some cuts and they said, you know, these people come back in like four hours and we'll see you then. And I needed to come back. And my mom and I, you know, my mom was pretty new to the city. She was like, where do we go for four hours? Like, what do we do for four hours? Yeah. And she had been talking with this other mom and she said, well, come with us. We're going to this, this audition that's, only adults, but we know that there are some kids in the show. We're going to see if they'll see the kids. So we go over to Chelsea and um, it was a union adults only audition. I was neither of those things. I was non-union and I was a child, uh, but we walked in and we were like, why not? And is that- this going to be Mary Poppins? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. Not I was yet, like, close. If, if that happened from <laughs> this, okay. <laughs> so we um we walked in and the casting director was like okay all the adults go home we would love to see the kids who showed up and we were like cool so I went in and that was my first audition for Grey Gardens the musical which was my first Broadway show that I wound up booking and and I got a call back in the room which like since since like since that day in all these years that's like pretty much never happened to me ever again <laughs> and it was it was amazing and I would later like was an audition I wasn't supposed to be at, you know, like it was, it was pretty amazing. And later booked it on my, on my 10th birthdays uh, when I started rehearsals Mm. for that show and then worked like pretty consistently after that on, on Broadway for pretty much the majority of my childhood. And I'm still pursuing acting in New York city today. Oh my (laughs) goodness. That's the gist of it. Now, what other shows did you do? So Grey Gardens was the first one. And then I was in Sunday in the park with George. Which okay, the, I guess it was like the 2000, I don't know, I can't remember the year, but a revival <laughs> way back. And then it was Mary Poppins, which was magical. Mm. For two and a half years, I played Jane Banks on Broadway and on tour. And then I did uh, 
Bonnie and Clyde when I was a teenager. So fun. Yeah. I remember you telling me some of the stories of um, being at the show really late at night and then having to take the subway back and then your mom having to go with you the whole time. And yeah. Yeah. My parents were superheroes in that time. Oh my gosh. Amazing. And like the whole family sacrifice, like my brother, um, during that time, because my dad worked full time, my mom, like I was a full time job doing that with me. And mm-hmm. so my brother um, spent a lot of time at my grandparents who were <laughs> amazing to, you know, be with him. And um, and I am just so grateful for all the sacrifices yeah. that everybody made for me to be able to do that. It's mind boggling to me now. And we lived two hours from the city and we would travel every day, six days a week. We would travel to and from. And even like my schools, like the, you know, they would let me come in a little late. They would schedule drama mm. and gym for me in the morning because they're like, you get enough of that in New York. So yeah, it was just, yeah, wow. a lot of people. It takes a village, you know? Yeah. Okay. So then fast forward, you went to school for musical theater. I did, which was a whole decision in and of itself Yeah, <laughs> because I had grown up, you know, doing, it. doing what most people go to school to be able to do. So I was kind of like, do I go to school? Like, do I spend all of that money? But I've never really been formally trained. You know, when I was trained as a kid, it was, it's different. It's like, you know, summer campy and stuff. And, um, I I really struggled with it and wound up landing that for me, I, I should go to college and I, I'd never been formally trained and, and it was quickly, you know, uh, it was quickly prevalent to me when I got there that I was like, this was the right choice because (laughs) Yeah. I was in acting and, and, you know, the teacher was talking about some of these people who we would study and, and I had never heard their names before. And these kids to my left and right were like, oh yes, of course, like Uta Hagen and Stanislavski. And, and I was like, okay, great. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> so I, I went to Pace for musical theater and wound up minoring in Homeland Security randomly, but. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Fun fact. Yeah. It's probably the other thing I'd do if I weren't an actor. <laughs> so cool. Well, yeah. Kelsey, you love Jesus so much. Thank it's you. it's just so evident by the fruit in your life and the joy you radiate. Mm. You just have light bursting from you. So oh my goodness. I want to know when did you really come to know Jesus and how has he set you free to be yeah. who he created Kelsey to be? Yeah. Well, you and I have kind of talked about this. You know, when we talk about testimonies, it's kind of like there are so many people who have these insane moments where they come to the, the very end of themselves and, you know, or, or big tragedies or something that's happened. And sometimes I feel like pretty, I don't know, like I'm not, like my testimony isn't necessarily enough because yeah. I, I haven't had any, like by God's grace, I haven't had any big life altering moments um, mm-hmm. up to this point. And I grew yeah. up sort of knowing and loving Jesus in a Christian household and, mm-hmm. um, I probably accepted him into my heart when I was like four or five. I don't really remember, you know, I just, one of those moments. And, uh, but all of that being said, I feel like God is shaping my testimony every day. And I am a, a weak, worldly, broken woman who, um, need like doesn't even necessarily like like want God's grace, but like, I, I need God's grace. Like at the end of the day, like, I need Jesus and I I am um almost painfully like constantly reminded of that and um and I'm glad I am because it puts me in a place of dependence on him and even though I'll I'll walk through seasons of um thinking I have it all together and thinking that I can carry this all and and whatever I'll you know there there comes a breaking point where you're kind of like I have been walking unhappy I have been walking not with God's joy not with God's strength not with God's peace like and and there's a breaking point there where you, you just, you do sort of fall to the end of yourself. And maybe it's not in a way that many others have for me, you know, mm-hmm. no, not many like drugs or problems or anything like that involved. Um, and sometimes I, I envy those kind of testimonies where I'm like, that's, a, that's like, oh, that's so amazing. And so many people can be moved by that. But I think there's validity at the same time and in, in stories like yours and mine, where it's like, we grew up in, we grew up knowing Jesus and even so in that you have to come to know him and accept him Mm. for yourself. And so that's sort of, I guess what I'll talk a little bit about was when that happened for me. I, uh, in high school, I guess, I, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't chasing after Jesus. Wasn't really until I was on my own in college that I was like, 
oh, okay, the world is scary and crazy and yeah. God, like, hey, you're you're around, right? I, I, I could use you. <laughs> um, and basically, I think it was my... Uh, I, I think it was my freshman year of college where I was like, I would love to find a church in the city. I had always um, loved Hillsong's worship music. So I, I tried there first and I really loved it. And it, it felt like home, but I was very intimidated by the size of the church and was like, I don't know if I'll find community here. Cause for me, community is probably, to be honest to me, it's like one of the most important aspects of, of church and of gathering. Yeah. And um and I was really intimidated and went to Hillsong for a few months, but was not finding any, you know, wasn't meeting people consistently and was, yeah. I was like, you know what, maybe this isn't the right place for me. And so I church hopped then for maybe about a year looking at other places and trying to find other community, like communities that were smaller, churches that were a little more intimate where I could see the same people every week and um, you know, find those friends to do life with who love Jesus. And I I had found a couple of places, but nothing quite felt as much like home. And so I think then we move into my, maybe like halfway through my sophomore year, spring semester, I returned back to Hillsong and was like, okay, I'm going to give this another shot, but I'm going to do it differently this time. Mm-hmm. Before I had sort of, I'd gone to church every Sunday, but I'd gone to one service. I'd gone to a different service each Sunday at the time we had like four, maybe three or four services. Yeah. And, you know, thinking back on it, I was like, no wonder I like wasn't meeting people because I was, I was going to a different service every Sunday. I wasn't serving. I was, you know, it was, it's, it's hard when you do it that way. So I was like, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and do this a little more intentionally. And I then began to go to one service consistently. I began to sit in one spot if I could. And I love that. I remember actually, I haven't thought about this in a while, so this is fun. I remember the very first um, day that I felt like I like met a friend mm. and I was up at the front. I would always go up to the front to worship. That's just like worship is, is my home country. That yeah. is, that is my thing. And, um, and I was singing and, you know, being an actor, I'm, I'm a singer and I love to sing and I love to worship. And there's this thing at our church called two minute turnaround where after worship, you like say hi to somebody, you find your way back to That's your seat. Cute. Yeah. It's so fun. And um, during two minute turnaround, the kid who was standing in front of me, and this was like the, the younger generation service. It was like the 7 p.m. And, and this guy who's standing in front of me turns around and he goes, your voice is awesome. <laughs> and he's Aww. like, hi, I'm Juan. And I was like, hi, I'm Kelsey. And he's like, where are you sitting? And I was like, oh, I'm over there. And he's like, he's like, well, come sit next to us. Like we have an extra, we have an extra seat. Aww. And all of a sudden I felt like, someone sees me, like, I have a friend, this is a person, like, and so cool. And so simply, like, um, I don't know, it was such a simple thing for him to do. And it probably was something that he didn't even think twice about. It's just like in his nature. And as a person who loves Jesus, like just to reach out to somebody, but it, it kind of like, when I think about it, it kind of changed my life and I'm still friends with Juan and I adore him. And, um, Mm. I should text him after this and sort of, you know, tell him how much I, I appreciate it all these years later, but, and that was sort of how it started for me. And, and, um, you know, he was my first friend there and introduced me to his friends. And, um, and so, so in that me finding, um, Jesus in the midst of that was, was really through church and community. And I began attending the same service. And then once I had a few friends there, I was like, okay, I'm going to start serving. I want to start like building this house and and working together with other people who love Jesus to bring other people to Mm. love and know Jesus. Um, And I think serving was like a huge key is for me of like finding that community and finding those people who then just kept pointing me to Jesus. And, and once you have those friends and you have that community of people who love Jesus, like it's impossible to not fall more in love with him mm-hmm. because other people are just like that. encouraging you in the spirit and um, just telling you what they see of God on you and in you that you're like kind of blind yeah. to. And yeah. you're like, really? Like you, you see that in me? Like you see... And, you know, God gives people words of encouragement to give to you or words of wisdom. And you're like, I, I, it's impossible. It's literally like, I think it is completely impossible to not fall more in love with Jesus when you surround yourself with people who love him um, and who are trying to look more like him every day. And so I guess that's the gist of like how I began to really Mm. find him for myself and, and in that community and in serving, 
I began to fall more in love with him. And then I decided to get baptized and wow, that changed a lot of things for me. And, and I specifically remember like the two weeks after getting baptized, I feel like I lived in a different dimension. Like I was not functioning on earth. It was, it was, um, yeah, it, it was amazing. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I love that you got, you got baptized as an adult that yeah. you had grown up in the faith. And yep. like you said, you had always known him, but in my story too, it's a little similar with in college. I think you do come to a point at that time in your life, whether or not yeah. you're in college or you aren't once you've spread your wings and left, left home, there comes a time when you have to decide is, is my faith mine? Mm-hmm. Right. And am I going to personally step out and get in the local church and invest in community? And like you said, serve, serve the body of Christ instead of just writing on like my family's faith or whatever it was um, growing up, it it became your own. And that baptism probably symbolized a lot of that for you, that you were your, your own person, you know, and with Jesus. So that is so beautiful. Um, and backing up a little bit to what you said, I just want to ditto it, um, with your testimony. Um, I know that there may be people listening that kind of feel similarly. I, and a lot of guests that have come on the podcast and shared some really messy and hard parts of their testimonies. And, um, I know that those stories relate to so many people in a powerful way. And, um, I praise God for those, but like you said, uh, I think that, we all have a story to tell and we've all come from the dark and been set free into his Mm -hmm. glorious and powerful light. Because um, like you said, it's a, it's a deep dependence that circumstantially it's, it's not, it's not dependent on that. It's right. It's us. Like it's our soul in need of a savior. So, yeah. And we're still so young to like, it's, I don't even think it's necessarily fair to say that like we won't encounter some huge tragedy that, and we'll listen to this, you know, two years from now and be like, Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah. We have so, that is so true. (laughs) We have so much life to live. We're probably going to look back on it and be like, remember when we said, Oh my gosh. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Who knows, but we're in it together. That's right. That's right. communities for exactly Um, okay now back to community Mm -hmm. if you could define community for the listener on this podcast because i think we use it a lot in the church and um it's a fluid word that you know means i think a lot of different things for people so help us kelsey how would you describe community in the body of in the body of christ yeah that's a good question i think I'll put it like pretty simply. I think it can be many different things. For me, I would describe community as intentional gathering. Mm. And I think that, you know, community is not necessarily like a church word. We use community in in everyday life. Um, And so I think there's a version of community that's like non-church based. And then there's a version of community that's gospel based. And I think what differentiates those two is the intentional, like the intention of the gathering, right? Yeah. Um, so for a non-church based community, intentional gathering, the intention might be, hey, we're going to go see this movie or the intention might be, hey, we're going to go dancing tonight or whatever it is. Um, and I think the difference between like gospel based intentional community gathering is that it's centered around God and it's centered around his word and it's centered around the good news and it's centered around Jesus and what he Mm -hmm. did for us on the cross. And um, for me, like, you know, sharing my story, that's like where my life shifted when the intentions of my gatherings became like Jesus-based. And that sounds so like, you know, churchy and church girl or whatever, but, but it really began to change my life when I surrounded myself with people who we're just chasing after God's heart. Um, And I do want to like, I would love to also comment on the fact that that's not the only community that like I participate in or find value in. Um, Mm, I think it's so important. Like we are to be in the world. Like the Bible tells us that um, to be in the world, but not of it. And you like, that's what we're called to. And we're called to reach the lost and we're called to be with them and to share the good news with them and not to judge anybody who are with for what they're participating in or what they're doing or any of that. And I think um, 
when in order to be in the world, but not of it, you do have to have like community that's that, filling you that, up. Exactly. And I right. think I have actually talked with some of my friends at, at church about this, where I, I have discovered that there are two different kinds of um, like fellowship that I experience. And one is ministry, ministry-based fellowship, and then just kind of like fellowship. And I get something different from the two. And when I am in a ministry-based conversation or in a spending time with somebody who I am ministering to, I am pouring out to them. I am pouring out the gospel. I am pouring out God's goodness. I'm pouring out his grace. I'm pouring out his, you know, his love and, and, um, strength through me. Like, like God has given me that to pour out to this person in my ministry, um, based like fellowship conversation with them. And then when it's fellowship, that for me is like filling up. I'm, I'm being filled up equally filling up the other person. And, um, through that, I am then able to go into a ministry setting um, more full. And it's the same thing with like our relationship with God, right? Like, like I, I can't do ministry if I'm running on empty and yeah. my source is Jesus. And he, he fills me up in order to be able to do that. And it's, yeah. it's sort of like, I find a similar thing with fellowship though. It can't be, it can't be my main source because it will never satisfy like Jesus does. He calls us to be in community with each other because it's important and because it fills us up and because we're two or three or more are gathered, like he's there with us. Yeah. Even Paul, um, Paul talks about like wanting, longing to be with the different churches he's writing to so that they may share and encourage each other in their faith. Um, because God has created community. He's created the church and he has created it with purpose. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> Kelsey, for the person listening who maybe craves this community that you're mm -hmm. talking about, this source of life that's pouring into them so that they can then go pour out um, yeah. a community where they can read God's word and understand yeah. it more, where they can be encouraged um, what, how would you encourage them to get involved in something like this? What would that look like? Sure. I think, uh, and I'll even say like this time right now, like yes. living in the midst of a pandemic, like it has been so difficult and mm -hmm. I have actually even pulled away from community for sure. And I've had friends, <laughs> my very best friends who know me well, reach out and be like, Kels, like, we've given you your time. You've got to kind of plug back in. Like you, you need to plug back in to life and community. And that's like the best thing about having yeah. those kinds of people is because, you know, they, oh yeah, they like will keep you accountable. Right. In every sense of the word and iron sharpens iron and they're there to do that. And, um, mm. and it's honestly, that's probably my favorite part about community is like being challenged because a lot of what we've talked about in community is, the bright and the happy and the like lovey and the fun, but it's messy. Like girl, it's messy mm. sometimes when you allow it to be. And when you open yeah. up and when you take those walls down and when you're like, Hey, this is the thing I did on Saturday night or Hey, like this is, uh, the thing that I've been walking in for seven months or five yeah. years or whatever yeah. it is when you can yeah. do that and be there with somebody full who, transparency. Oh, a hundred percent who, and that person is chasing after Jesus. And so to the best of their ability, like in their human flesh, they're, they're listening and they're not judging you and they're looking at you. And then they like begin to converse with you about God's goodness and grace and your situation. And you just like melt and you break down and you experience like God's love through another person that's like in front of you. Yeah. Um, a total side note to your question, but um I, I say that. I think that's a, a really important side note. So yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful that you said that because Good. I think it can be easy for people to think that we just get together and it's right. happy go lucky. And, and like, like sometimes we're in, and, yeah, we praise yeah. and worship and we read our <laughs> scriptures and then we leave and it is oh so gosh. messy. It is. Because oh my gosh. Yeah. We are sinful and in need of Jesus. And um, I think that's another thing that separates yeah. this kind of community gospel centered communities yes, from totally. other kinds of maybe more surface level relationships is right. that you get to the heart of things. Oh, and, man. um, if we're truly walking in the love and the grace of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, we, we are meeting that person, mm -hmm. those people where they're at and Jesus nailed it to the cross, all of it. So yeah. um, I'm really thankful you said that. Yeah. 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 And 
Oh gosh, I'm so glad. And it's like, it's a different kind of intimacy and vulnerability that um, when you're like in the world and keeping those things, you know, hidden or, or whatever it is, like you, you don't get there with other people in that same way. Yeah. Um, and it's the way God designed relationship to be. And so it's, it's really beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think I say all of that to say, like, I just, the other day, like had a friend sort of call me out and be like, Kels, like we've missed you. Like, mm-hmm. you, like sort of gently calling me back and being like, Hey, <laughs> and, and in that conversation with her, I just talked with her about like some things going on in my last few months. And one of many times, especially with this like person, Kim, who I love dearly, mm-hmm. I just like uh, over a freaking FaceTime call was a, probably the most blubbering mess I've ever been in a conversation with another person and was like weeping, like weeping over the phone. Um, and, and she was just listening and encouraging and guiding and praying for me and with me when I couldn't myself, like, you know, um, Mm. and so that's so much of the beauty of it too. Um, like the beauty is in the mess and the beauty is ugly and yeah um that's a huge part of it but so in the midst of this time (laughs) finding community yeah I mean let's talk about that because it has been you know it's been completely virtual and you and I have really been through this time in community together and yeah a really fun way a really yeah you know something that we didn't really expect to unfold in the beginning of it um we just knew we needed we needed it um so yeah. I guess, yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, our online Bible study For community sure. that we've gotten to lead. Um, it's been quite a journey, but you've been there since mm-hmm. the beginning and yeah. have led so faithfully. Uh, for the person listening who maybe doesn't know anything about uh, the online Bible study community, it started out just as a Zoom call that um, mm-hmm. I that I put online. Um, because I remembered being in college similar to Kelsey and kind of walking alone. And then when I found community, it wasn't like a huge group of people. It was when I found a couple of girls to run alongside um, my faith took off. And it was, it was like, I had someone else to keep me accountable. Like you said, um, that said me too. I love Jesus too. So I was just imagining, I felt really burdened for the college girls who were at home doing school virtually and Mm -hmm. didn't have community, who didn't know even how to connect with other people in this time. So we all know we've gone, um, gone Zoom for so many things, but yeah, we started meeting on Saturday mornings and going through Bible studies and meeting in small groups and, um, the number of girls was multiplying. So mm-hmm. we brought in lots of leaders and Kelsey has uh, served as a leader in our community yeah. since the beginning. And it started out as college girls for Christ. That was yeah. the name of it. And <laughs> it kind of evolved. Um, um, and now it's about to launch as rise collective women. Woo-hoo. And it's very exciting. Yeah. So Kelsey, um, what has community looked like? Yeah. For you in this time. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm so grateful for it because, you know, there clearly hasn't been much else community happening, yeah. gathering. Yeah. Obviously the preference is to gather in person, like with other human beings there and right. you can touch someone and, you know, like lay hands and all of that. But yeah. um, in the absence of that, this has been something that has filled the, gla- filled the gap beautifully. And I'm really grateful for, and honestly, like the girls that I've been blessed and honored to lead have given more to me than I feel like I ever have to them. So it's amazing. Oh my goodness. They're like, I'm just, I'm like, honestly kind of proud of them. Like they, they show up so consistently. And even when I feel like I am not being consistent or not being like faithful in it, they're, they're just there and they're, they're always answering questions and they're always asking questions and, um, I'm really grateful for them. And then like, what's so cool is the way this sort of has like launched like around the world. Like I posted about it early on in the pandemic because I was like, oh my gosh, Laura Lee's doing this cool thing. And this girl who follows me from London, like Francesca, this sweet girl who I also met on social media and we almost met in person just before the pandemic. And I'm so sad that we didn't get to, she was in New York and I was with my family home in Jersey. But, um, and so like, God has moved like around the world through it. And I think that is so like, so cool and such a testament, Laura Lee, to like your faithfulness in that, like Mm. just being able to do like just, and it's, I sort of have shared with you, like sometimes that's something I struggle with to just do something that God has put on my heart Yeah, um, can be difficult for me and you do it like 
pretty flawlessly. You always just somewhere like, okay, like this is a thing that God's put on my heart to do and I'm going to try it. And um, I very much admire that. Well, thank you for those words, Kelsey. Um, yeah, I think that I have learned. I'm continuing to learn, but mm-hmm. um, gosh, every time I say yes to God, he just, he's dreaming bigger, so much bigger oh, than we are. Yeah. And he just oh does goodness, so yeah. much more with a little than yeah. we can ever imagine. And I think this is a word for, um, I don't know, maybe someone listening that might be waiting for something to come to them. Sometimes it's just taking that step and, and making something happen, bringing people together because we all, we all want community. We all, we all want to be seen and we all want to be loved. And Mm -hmm. um, there are so many ways to creatively gather people now mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. and totally. praise God that we've had zoom and just all these yeah. resources during this time that we have been able to continue to stay connected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been so fun um, to lead alongside you and to be in this community. Oh, thank you, girl. Um, I mean, it's, it's been so simple. You guys, it's, it's been us gathering together, praying, reading God's word. Yeah. Praying. <laughs> encouraging one another yeah. and just yeah just like asking to questions and learning yeah. more mm-hmm. learning more about who Jesus is so mm-hmm. um if you want to join us we are always starting new bible studies and there will be a link in the show description of this um podcast episode and we would love for you to to join in absolutely okay kelsey well at the end of every episode I'm doing this thing called lightning loves. So instead of favorites, because to me, when someone says like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite coffee? Drink? It, it kind of intimidates me because yeah. it's hard, hard to pinpoint a favorite. So um, I'm just going to spout off some different, okay. um, some different topics and just tell right. me what you love. Okay. okay? I'm ready. We're going to learn a little bit about Kelsey today. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm so ready. Here we go. Okay. A food. Pasta. Color. Purple and black. Coffee order. I don't drink coffee. <gasps> she doesn't love coffee. Oh, I no. don't. Sorry. The mountains or the beach? Oh, okay. So my answer probably would have been different pre-pandemic, but I've been living sort of in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to say mountains. Okay. Beautiful. Style of sweater. Ooh. Mm, I have one that's kind of got like a... a droop neck like those like ones that are kind of scarfy you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah like, yeah. Uh, yeah like yeah. A kind of I a like cow that. neck thing yes kind of makes you feel cozy <laughs> yes. okay i like that um quarantine activity oh woodworking that has been a thing that i have like fallen in love with so randomly isn't that cool y'all I'm, i think that's pretty cool like not everybody can say their favorite quarantine activity is i have to i i built a bed like i have to brag on it because i'm so proud of myself yes. i built this storage bed she did that that i just was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna build a bed she literally built a bed okay that's amazing um toast or oatmeal toast yep we um backpack or purse oh hard um backpack i think Mm, tennis shoe brand <laughs> tennis shoe brand um uh, converse classic mm, love it book of the bible you love oh man girlfriend uh psalms oh, store yeah. to shop at tj maxx like oh my gosh yes oh. tj maxx you live right by the tj maxx don't you i do and it's so bad for me <laughs> oh it's a good one it's a good one um restaurant in new york city Oh man. Oh, I mean, so many of them are closed now. It makes me sad. Mm. Um, I guess serendipity, maybe. Mm. We got to yeah. go there. It's we got to go there. Uh, okay. And then a Broadway cast album that you love. Ooh, one. Okay. There, I have two that I love that are, I feel like are really underrated. And anytime I listen to them, I'm always like, ah, oh. if then, which is kind of a bit of a yeah. controversial show, but I saw it the first time and I was like, this show is so strange. That's and then I saw it, Yes. And then I okay. saw it the second time and I was like, this show is brilliant. Uh, so I, I love that cast album. And then, um, oh, the light in the piazza. Oh, me too. So beautiful. So, so beautiful. Adam oh, Gettle. 
Yeah. So I think like, we can end on Adam Ghetto. That's a yeah, that's good. a lovely place <laughs> to wrap it up. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, Kelsey, thanks for coming on the show. I, I just love you oh, so much. And I know um, all you shared today uh, has blessed so many people. So I, I just want to so. say thank you. Thank you so much, Laura Lee. It's been a blast. Goodness, I love that girl. Kelsey gets it. She has been changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. She has experienced the love of God and the body of Christ through Christian community. Kelsey reminded us of the true gift of community and the vital role it plays in our life as followers of Jesus. I loved when she said, once you have that community of people who love Jesus, it's impossible not to fall more in love with Him. As you very well may know, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, at the end of each episode, I encourage you to get out God's Word, to grab your Bible, and to open it up to a passage of Scripture with me. Then I take that passage of Scripture and I break down what's going on in the story of God that provides us with some context and some history to help inform us of what it is God is trying to communicate to us through the Scriptures. The Bible is the way we come to know God, and then, as we get to know Him, we get to know His love for us, and it changes everything about us. So today, instead of teaching about one passage of Scripture, I'm going to bring to light a few different passages that are on my heart that teach us about community in the body of Christ and how, as Kelsey said, we can experience the love of Jesus through doing life together. There's a lot that we could talk about when it comes to the church, the body of Christ, and the powerful and beautiful role of community in our lives as followers of Jesus. We won't get into all of it today, obviously, but I do want to share a few passages that I think bring to light some powerful truths about the vitality of its role in our lives. So if you want to turn with me to this passage of scripture, I'm going to start in James chapter 5, verse 16. James 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Kelsey mentioned in today's episode that community can be messy and that it often and should include bringing to light and confessing sin. She referred to it as taking down the walls with each other. This comes to mind first when I think of community because having a safe place to confess leads to getting free through the power of the gospel. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. As followers of Jesus, we know that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not one of us is perfect. We are all sinners in need of a savior. But praise God that as John 3:16 says, he sent his one and only son, and that whoever believes in him, Jesus, will not die, but have everlasting life. By grace alone, we are saved, and this grace is on display in community. We show up in all our imperfections with the ability to love each other and extend the grace that God has extended to each of us through his son, Jesus, encouraging each other to pursue holiness and to walk in the way of Jesus. Kelsey and I also talked about what it means for iron to sharpen iron. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. In community, we become more like Jesus as we encourage each other we get to point each other to the truth of God's word and keep each other accountable as we live out our faith. The beauty of the body of Christ is that we are all created in the image of God, every human being, with different and unique spiritual gifts and strengths and weaknesses that allow us to powerfully link arms with our brothers and sisters in Christ and build them up. It's a beautiful gift to be able to lean on your community for strength, because as you do so, the Lord works through those people for your own growth and for the growth and the flourishing of his people and of the church. Romans 12 verse 5 says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. In the body of Christ, we belong to each other. We need each other. God created us to be in unity with other believers, and that means going through life with them. In the mess, the sin, and the hardships, as well as the good, the celebrations, the feasts. How many times in the Bible did they feast? The joyful release of a new season of life and new birth, all of it. 
Doing life with others is doing it in all of the circumstances and allowing the God who created the body of Christ to love you and to love through you. That's the beauty of community. We get to experience God. We get to experience His love, His grace, His patience, His kindness, His mercy, His forgiveness. Are we perfect at it? Absolutely not. Does community have problems? Yes, because we are sinners and we always make a mess. But God is good and He brings beauty out of it all. There's nothing He loves more than redeeming broken relationships, reconciling friends and family after deep-rooted hurt and anger, and redeeming even broken community or church experiences that have not been holy and pleasing to the Lord. There is nothing Jesus can't do. The last verse I love and that I want to share comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. They say, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm, I love this verse. In today's episode, Kelsey reminded us that seeking out good community and finding good community is work. It's a sacrifice of time. It's showing up to church, being intentional about meeting with a body of believers and studying the word of God together. Kelsey even said she consistently sat in the same spot at church so that she could meet the people around her. As it says in Hebrews 10, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We have to, have to, have to seek it out and invest in it. If I've learned anything about community in the local church in the past few years, it's that it truly changes everything. That may sound big and vague, but it seriously changes everything. I've witnessed it in my own life and people around me. Whether life is gonna be for you in one town forever, or if your life circumstances take you all over the place, invest in community no matter what. It may be a process and it may take some time, but as you seek Jesus and the power of God through prayer and through his spirit guiding you, he will lead you to people through which you can experience him. The church is everywhere. And when you make the leap, when you choose to find your people and dig into a healthy local church body, you will be encouraged and blessed in ways you didn't even know you could be. Jesus's love on display through a family of believers is a gift from God. This pandemic has been an interesting experience for all of us when it comes to community. Church communities went virtual. Here in New York City, we are still pretty much 100% virtual. And we all got used to the online church experience on Sunday mornings. But one beautiful thing that has bloomed out of this time and the changes in the circumstances is our online women's Bible study community, Rise Collective Women. Talk about never stop meeting together. We have met together on Saturday mornings in this community for almost a year. Our year anniversary is coming up so soon. It's crazy. It's crazy to see what God has done. Obviously, it wasn't ideal for all of us to be scattered from our different places, for college students to do school from their childhood bedrooms, for people to lose jobs and move cities and be quite literally uprooted from their people and their places. I feel you. I was gone from New York City for a whole year. But the beauty of the body of Christ is that we are empowered and carried and strengthened by the spirit of the living God who is everywhere all the time. When I moved home at the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't wanna do life alone. I wanted to disciple other women and to grow alongside other followers of Jesus, even if it meant Zoom call Bible studies and FaceTime prayers. I wanted to show up and I believed God could move through it all. So I started gathering women online each weekend to study the Bible, to confess and repent, to seek the Lord together. We were committed to never stop meeting. What began as College Girls for Christ, that was the name of it, evolved to become what is now Rise Collective Women, a community of women from all across the world gathering every week on Zoom and connecting every single day in our online community. These girls show up with a commitment to being united in Christ, to root themselves in God's word, and I'm watching them rise up for the glory of God. God is on the move. It's all Him, and we give glory to Him. This very podcast bloomed out of the pandemic season when I had space to pray and dream with God and allow Him to move in new and creative ways 
so that the gospel of Jesus Christ would continue to go forth. He is a creative God, that is for sure. He loves his people, and he loves bringing his children together in community for the growth of his beautiful church. I just want to encourage you to take the step today, tomorrow, this week, to find community through a local church and to seek out relationship with other followers of Jesus. It may feel risky or even scary to you, but the God who created you, his beloved, is guiding you and is with you every step of the way. You can trust him. If you want to meet other women who are followers of Jesus and be encouraged through Bible studies, small groups, and daily connection and encouragement, you can, too, join our community, Rise Collective Women. You can visit community.risecollectivewomen.com in the link in the show description to find out more. As always, I'm going to close us in prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for just your creative heart for how you knew what was best for us when you created the body of Christ, that you didn't leave us alone, but you gave us each other and you gave us a relationship with you. And we get to experience more of you and more of your love through community and through your church. So God, I just pray for the listeners of this podcast today that you will just meet them right where they're at. And that if you're nudging them to get in community, Lord, that they are just empowered with courage and bravery to take that step and to find a local church. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for every creative opportunity to connect with other followers of Jesus from around the world and for the word of God, to study it, to learn about it, to get to know you through it. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to say a special thank you to Helen Kemeny and Mike Stapleton, my friends, for the original music heard on the show. And a big thanks to my producer and editor, Colleen Bruton, for helping me bring this podcast to life. As always, go in light and love, friend, and I'll talk to you next week.